do it. All right. Yeah. All right, so welcome to Season 5, Episode 1, the season premiere. We always talk about the finale. Yeah. Um, so now we can talk in premiere terms. Yeah, maybe we should get drunk during the premieres and not just the finales. Or, yeah. <laughs> we we kind of, yeah, we've, we've kind of put it on the last episode there for a while. Like, you'll, you'll notice the ones where we drink a little bit because they, <laughs> they go like an hour and 40 minutes. And Chris is here. <laughs> and Chris. And Chris <laughs> yeah, shout out to Chris Zydek. Thanks for being on our season finale. That was actually a really fun episode. That was um, crazy. Anyway, welcome Joe Nolan, Sensei Joe. Uh, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to you. And we have a very special guest. Do you want to do the introduction here, Joe? Uh, our special guest is Nashville artist Nuveen Barwari. How are you? I'm great. Thank How you are for you? being here. Thank you for having me. I feel really special. Um, well, I was. It That's was what we aim to do. We, you know, you and I um, had met each other recently. You and I were in touch on uh, Gmail and stuff recently. And you were telling me about a project you have coming up, which will be on, which will open at TSU on April 18th. And we should maybe we should just start there. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, um, I've been working in this space at TSU for about a year now. Tennessee State University. TSU, Tennessee State University. Mm -hmm. And um, and you're you're still a student there, but you'll be graduating. I will be graduating in May. Uh huh. So last year, um, a professor slash mentor of mine, Samuel Dunson, oh, you yeah, know who Sam. he is. Yes, he's great. Um, introduced me to the space because he knew I was very interested in um, installations and transforming spaces. Well, I actually went up to him with just like a little canvas that I had painted these um, patterns on. Mm-hmm the this like blue evil eye mm. pattern i'll get to what the evil eye is later <laughs> but um i go to him and i'm just like all right i've painted this on so many different surfaces different sizes and it's not enough what do i do do i need to go paint a wall do i need to like i need help because this not is enough, not it's not enough it wasn't fulfilling uh. it wasn't um yeah it just wasn't fulfilling you know and, and he was you're just waiting like, for some catharsis to happen and, and it's not happening it's not happening yeah i don't like all the it was just two-dimensional i was doing it on these two-dimensional surfaces and it just they were trash to me you mm-hmm. know um, <laughs> and uh dunson you know takes me into the space and he's like well we have this and i'm just like oh my gosh, this is incredible, which was, so basically it's like, it used, it, it was abandoned for like over 30 years and it used to be the art department's old um, office. So, you know, you first walk in, it's like- at, This is at, t- at Tennessee, is at State, Tennessee University. State University. But it's, it's in a the space basement. that no one's using right now. Right, yeah. and it's in the, it's like in the hallway where the other classrooms are, you know, you get your art history, it's the art history art appreciation classrooms and then you just have this door that leads to this office space that nobody's ever been in um dunson said it was his office at one point Mm -hmm. for a little bit and um yeah so he you know i go in that space and i'm just like okay i can do um there's some boxes um I mean, a lot of spider webs, (laughs) really dirty and dusty. Um, The boxes had like a lot of, um, it looked like science, like um, tools, you know, like lab, Uh lab stuff Mm -hmm. in the boxes. 
Um, so yeah, I take Let's call all them that science tools. I like science that. tools. Science tools. <laughs> Someone left their science tools in the corner. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and um, and then that summer. So this was the summer of 2017. Uh huh. And I just started working in there. And um, then I'm like, a couple months later, I'm like, all right, can I get credit for what I'm doing in here? Because, yeah. you know, I'm like, are we allowed to cuss? Sure. Yeah. All right, I'm like busting my ass off. <laughs> and I need, like, I need something right. to tell me, you know. Um, so I talked to the chair of the department, and he was just like, yeah, you know, you can, we'll, we'll count it as, like, individual studies. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It'll well, you're an artist, be part of your big project. Yeah, it'll That's be cool. part of your like senior project, whatever. Um, yeah, so started painting in there. That was the first after I started after I cleaned it up. Um, was it like concrete floors or what is it? Carpet. Oh, the whoa. floor. The first so the first room it's carpet. I started painting on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soaked up all the paint. Yeah. And then that was just I was just like, all right, that's, that's enough. Um, <laughs> it's just a permanent drop cloth. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, and then I painted the walls, baby blue. And then I go and start adding. Uh, I had, I think last time I tried counting the number of eyes in that room, it was about 260-ish. Mm -hmm not including the giant one I have on like hanging from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, yeah, so this pattern, um, I made it with basically uh, a bowl and tape, like a thick roll of tape, <laughs> um, painter's tape, and those were my tools. So basically it's like smacking the bowl onto the wall, painting it, and then getting a smaller roll of tape doing that and, and you said so, you're talking about like tracing the circle is that what right, you mean that's yeah, what yeah, i was yeah. doing i was tracing the circles with a bowl yeah and a tape <laughs> a tape roll, roll. <laughs> well that's more efficient than like building up acrylic you know or <laughs> yeah, something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i did that over and over and over again and um did you know why did i know why <laughs> so the tools that i used were just i mean i've noticed that i'm just I use what's around me. That's one. Um, and I think being around, you know, Courtney Adair Johnson and mm. even Donahue is really, you know. Brandon Donahue. Brandon Donahue. Mm. Um, These are all artists in Nashville connected to TSU. Yes. And um, and, and past podcast guests. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Not Courtney yet, but Brandon's okay. been on yeah. before. And Marlos, of course, is in that same scene. And I just recently published that article with Marlos, with that interview with Marlos and we talked a lot about how like his whole thing well not his whole thing but a big deal of his thing and Brandon's thing and Courtney's thing and your thing is, right. is that whole idea of like use what's available right. you know use what's of the place to tell the story of the yes, place yes exactly and like yeah they just really trained me especially like Donnie's classes just like alright you don't have anything to paint with go look for it go look for you know go look <laughs> yeah. for it um, I don't remember the last time you know I bought art supplies it's just you know well i think that's um, interesting too because you end up being more like by having to forage for things whenever you do come across anything that you feel like you can use you've made some sort of formative thought about what that is or this it brings greater significance i think to things than if you just went and got every available you know color or 
uh, material that you need from some sort of manufacturer you know like there's just more it's more mired in purpose I think to do Mm -hmm. that natively yeah and I um also at the time was like studying a lot of like Islamic art and like those geometrical patterns that they would be making and I mean they would just be using um you know string and uh, a compass or some you know Mm -hmm. um and a rule like not a ruler like a stick you know yeah to make these patterns so i was kind of like digging and like kind of looking into that too and like okay i'm doing my own little thing Mm -hmm. you know um i think we should tell people who don't know like tell them about what the evil eye symbol is like you're talking about like how you're looking into islamic art and stuff and like what you know how does the evil eye symbol where does it come from what does it mean and and we talk about how you're connected to that right um well the evil eye is a symbol of protection peace and protection and um it's really hard to tie it down to one religion or one region Mm -hmm. because you know you've we've seen the the symbol of the eye in a lot of different regions and um the way I'm like I'm talking about it and the way I'm using it I'm strictly using it from my region which is Kurdistan Mm -hmm. north uh, northern Iraq Syria Iran and Turkey Mm -hmm. you know these four regions this is where I'm um, connecting the evil eye to Mm -hmm. and so and I also have been tying it down tying it to the um these old pre-islamic um faiths so like zoroastrian mm-hmm. um zoroastrianism um yezdism so you know a lot of the the origins of kurdish people are zoroastrian uh, zoroastrianism zoroastrian sorry it's a really hard one and to say i, I know. know yeah i know um yezdis which you know they believed in um these like pure forms the sky the you know fire you know even till today we celebrate Nowruz, which is the kurdish new year where we oh, so um, that's how you say that okay i wasn't yeah, sure yeah yeah um where we like light a fire mm-hmm. you know isn't that on the first day of spring it's the first day of spring mm-hmm. yep so the night of like the 20 the 20th we'll light the fire at night and then like, the, the next day we'll do yeah. the celebration cool mm-hmm. um so you know there's still even the kurdistan flag you have the sun in the very center mm-hmm. um you know we're like we we used to worship the sun we used to um the sky god so the color of the evil eye the blue comes from the sky god mm-hmm. um that would protect the people of the region um what were the other questions? And then is there red? Is there red in the eye? There's no red in the eye. Uh-huh. But I know in like Mexico, uh-huh. yeah, you see the evil eyes are red there. Interesting. Yeah. So Interesting. Um, um, so, so like for people outside of Nashville or even people in Nashville who uh-huh. don't know this, Nashville has the largest, largest Kurdish population in the United States. Yep. So people don't, you know, they think Nashville is like all just like hillbillies or something. Right. And it's like, no, it's actually a pretty diverse place. It's, yeah. all, especially, it's all hillbillies and 15,000 Kurds. <laughs> yeah, it's right. all hillbillies <laughs> and then this large Kurdish population. <laughs> but um, so, so when did, did you grow up in Nashville? Or well, tell, yeah. tell me your story about how you came to Nashville. All right. So I was, I have a complicated story. If you don't mind, I'd love I mean, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I was born here. I was born here in Nashville. End of story. 
Mm-mm. There's a lot to it. <laughs> okay, I was born here. My parents immigrated here in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And that was when the first wave of Kurds, big wave of Kurds came. Well, my dad says there were like about 400 families that came and the circumstances Iran. that led to that were Saddam Hussein's regime right uh-huh. and um yeah so um yeah they came in the 70s and then I know and I was born I'm the youngest of four um but then in the 90s there was like a really big wave of Kurds came um and so my parents with the other Kurds were here, you know, helping out a lot. And the Kurdish, you know, when all these other um, Kurdish people came in the 90s, you know, they were more familiar with, sure. you know, yeah. uh, with Nashville. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they did a lot, you know, um, helping each other out and That's all great. that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to Kurdistan when I was in sixth grade up mm. until 11th grade. Mm-hmm. So I lived there for like six years formative years big time yes yeah. very very like it that's where all the real imprinting happens right yeah culturally and yeah big time um and it's you know that definitely that that has impacted me my art my life everything um and um yeah just imagine you know living being born here and you know you know of a place mm-hmm. you know of this place that your parents are from but you don't but you don't, you know, and then you go and live there and you move there. Um, yeah, it was challenging at first, but then <laughs> towards the end, I got so used to it because you're, you know, you know, when you're young, you you're you malleable. adapt. Yeah. yeah, you adapt really easy. And did you still have family there? Um, yeah, oh, we have okay, a lot cool. of family there. Yeah, we have a lot of family there. Um, I remember my first day of school there. Um, <laughs> I went to an English school, and it was like. It was. It wasn't like a private school either. It was like a government-funded school, but it was English, and there were the majority of the students there were international students. So Kurdish people and some not Kurdish people um, uh, that have moved back to Kurdistan mm-hmm. and um, just like me, and had to go to an English school because they mm. couldn't, you know, read or yeah. write in Kurdish. Right. Um, and then we also had locals at that school so it was really interesting to see how you know the western kurds uh-huh. and the local kurds would interact with each other um i think we all kind of learned from each other you know they taught us a lot we taught them a lot exposed them to a lot of new and different things um and uh But yeah, it was um, it was quite an experience, you know. No, if, if that was your high school, sort of middle, middle school, high school time, right? And then I was thrown. Sorry, you're talking. No, but it's okay. I was thrown back into like my senior year high school, yeah. Hillwood High School. You had to come. You came I back, came back in my like senior, senior year. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> so, so I guess what I'm wondering, yeah. like, like eighth, ninth, tenth grade, hey, like that's, that's such a stage of like uh, absolute sort of individuation that you're going through. Like every kid you know does the things where you just you're doing anything you can to differentiate yourself from where you come from or mm. or your parents i mean maybe this is more like the my experience but no i mean but you know it's like you just see this um where yeah, you're trying to like you're you're doing anything you can to try to understand yourself by separating yourself or mm-hmm. railing against whatever is around you right mm-hmm. and um so i guess i was just wondering in that circumstance especially when you're uh, coming from 
up, up, upbringing here, you know the language, it's native to you, right. the culture is what you know, then you go there, was, it, was there any part of it that was also kind of like uh, kicking and screaming or mm-hmm. you know, sort of uh, those kind of typical youthful tantrum responses to the, oh, the sort sure. of culture around you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I got made fun of a lot for my Kurdish, you mm. know, my Kurdish was horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there was the, the language barrier, there was, um, so like I said, my first day of school, it was in, so I'm walking up to this building, my dad's like right beside me, and I'm like so nervous, and he's just walking like, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, and I notice, okay, so keep in mind, it's Ramadan in (laughs) Kurdistan, and it's my first day of school, Uh and out of like respect, everyone is like, you know, kind of, one, they're not eating or drinking in public. Mm-hmm. And two, some of the girls choose. You don't have to, but it's more of like a respect thing. Like you're going to kind of cover up, put a scarf on, and put a little cardigan, cover your arms kind of thing. And I'm like walking into the school with my like water bottle and not <laughs> yeah, cover it up yeah. at all. And, <laughs> yeah. and then, even then I'm like, oh man, I like, you know, like you're that like was legally my first. blonde walking in, right? Yeah, 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 that was like my first like, Oh, like this, it hit me, and I'm yeah. like, gosh, this is this is gonna be rough. But then again, <laughs> all the other students, they understood, you know, they because un- they weren't, you know, they were there probably a year by now or two years before me. So they've like adjusted and they know all the customs and all that right. and all the traditions yeah. and, and whatever. They, they were the, two years ago. They didn't know they and they didn't did the same either. thing. Right? Yeah. They're like, so, there come, here comes the newbie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we definitely, I felt like. Like the friends that I made there, they're still my friends today. And like I've made some like lifelong friends because we built this like community, you mm-hmm. know? We all, um, we're all in this place and we're all in this together, kind of like, um, like we were considered the outcast, you know, in a way, but like kind of cool. Cause like I feel like we really introduced a lot of new, new things to the people there. Like, even our teachers were locals. So mm. they, it was their first time teaching um, in schools where guys and girls are actually in the same class together. Yeah. Wow. So even, yeah, the schools there, um, up until high school, guys and girls are separate, but our oh. school wasn't like that. Why did they put them together at the worst possible time? <laughs> 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 I think it's, I think and then like, in college. Let them hang out to like fifth grade and then it's, it's nothing but I total separation. Worst, I think it's worse <laughs> to separate them at all, right? because no, like, then when they go to college, they're, they're like. They're crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're gonna go crazy anyway. Oh, man. Um, that, but, um, that adolescent love and courting <laughs> and whatever the hell goes on at that age is so yeah. like you kind of as you get older you kind of forget about how wildly just uh, enveloping and overtaking that is to your entire existence like everything you do everything <sighs> you say you got nothing just, else going on yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, uh, I was just telling a friend of mine earlier today uh, I was joking about how how uh like when when i was at that age and i was trying to sort of convert from sort of being like young scrawny kid to like dateable you know or like whatever you know uh viable dude for for girls to consider consider me a viable Uh, dude right right (laughs) well number one using words like that didn't help no but um (laughs) no but the thing was was uh like uh, they would always be like oh but you're just because i was so small i was like half the size of everybody else Mm -hmm. so they were just they were like you're just so cute 
Like, you're my friend. <laughs> no. So uh, I probably would have I probably would have done fine in the situation that you're in because I would have had nothing else to distract me <laughs> at that age. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so then you came back to Hillwood High. Yeah. So you go through all of that, and now were you kind of was that a bummer to not sort of finish out whatever like there or was it I don't know you know what I mean yeah like you're kind of pulled from the the party right yeah everyone no because <laughs> the last year of high school there is like really really hard um the schools like the education system is really jacked up back home like it's basically you get you know you get to 12th grade and you take this like standardized test and that will determine whether you go to whether you become a doctor or a lawyer mm. oh they or, put you on a track right away yes yeah. and um it's just an average you know if you score 95 and above you'll get into medical school if you you know and it's like so you have a bunch of people um you know in school for things that they really don't want mm-hmm. and then that leads to like you have shitty doctors because yeah. not everyone is meant to be a doctor. You have shitty teachers because not everyone's meant to be a teacher. But hey, yeah. my average wasn't enough, so I couldn't get into this college that I wanted. Wow. So, um, yeah. So I like me and my dad made this like thing where like, hey, I I can't take this test and I can't stay here. Um, I'm going back, and he, you know, that's what that was the plan. So you from came back on your one. own? No, both of, we all came back. He uh, got a little sick, so he had to come back okay. for like treatment and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, didn't want to use um, the shitty doctors, right? <laughs> didn't yeah. want to the shitty doctors. The people yeah. with high capacity that have no lust for their craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Um, so then you came you back. Say, and what yeah. year was that when you came back? Mm, 2014. Okay. 14. Yeah. And then, so you've been pretty much just from there. You got right into. You've been it's in school TSU. for the last four years, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, that's rad. Yeah. Oh, and then I took like a semester off and I went back to Kurdistan and I stayed there for like six months um and I was uh I was working at the school like assisting like teachers and stuff um so yeah that was cool that was a fun experience you sort of revisit it but from a different point of view yes. and, yeah and have yes. some effective sort of influence exactly. on what's going on and yeah. I've always said like you know once I get done with school and I'm kind of like I want to go back I definitely want to go back, contribute at least for like a year, two years. You know, do something. And so has you the, know, has the capacity for art like sort of sort of been always something that you've been pushing towards or bringing along with you, or is that something that you came into later? Mm, I think I was always like, even like thinking about my years there. Like I was always writing. You know, I thought I was like a little poet that I sucked, <laughs> but I always like I was always like You're trying to express. Sylvia Plath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is poetry big in uh, Kurdish uh, yeah, uh, so culture? literature, yeah. yeah. We studied a lot of Kurdish literature when I was there. But that's really neat. Um, it is neat. Yeah. A lot of, like, very political. Yeah, it's um, interesting. People I mean, get in, a lot in trouble of, for no, it. So, yeah. so, generally speaking, Kurdistan is Islamic, is that right? Um, Yeah, the majority mm-hmm. of um, Kurdistan are Sunni Muslims. Uh-huh. And then we have Christians, you know, uh-huh. and then we also have um, Kurdish Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, very small small portion yeah. um and then we have yezdis that are right. still and that's, yeah. yeah and they're they're uh, a recently uh prosecuted uh yes. population as well right yep. um but that, yeah and that that's uh and they're they're really i mean they're that that religion is really like pre-christian right mm-hmm. i mean it's you know it's essentially yeah, it's very like you're ancient. saying i mean it's, it's like we're talking really about old. the sky the sun you right know, that kind of thing yeah yeah 
Wow. Um, yeah, but it's like one thing about Kurdistan and one thing that I, it's like they tolerate, you know, like you, my neighbors, you know, you have Muslim Kurds and Christian Kurds neighbors and you know everything everyone's coexisting you have all these different faiths living together peacefully mm-hmm. and um you know like Kurdistan has been known for being like super super like religiously tolerant of other you know of each other and um uh-huh. especially in in the region you know in the surrounding regions so you know and then i'm over here like what why why can't we all just you know <laughs> yeah. like love each other why can't like why why do you care so much about what you know what she's wearing on her head yeah well th- there's 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 just a uh, uh an enculturated uh fear of the other mm-hmm. um that has been you know sort of smartly i think employed by a lot of uh, people for better for worse to leverage wedges where they need to to get things done that they want to get done and it's just something I, I hate to say that I mean it's 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 still even an irony inside the American identity to because we're under these pretenses and these uh, sort of uh, declarations right that we are this way but in fact it's it's a different story right. I'm sure as the you whole know. raison d'etre of the place is supposed to be <laughs> yeah. religious freedom I mean yeah. it right. all comes from there supposedly yeah. and yet you know it's like well I mean that's freedom for my religion god damn it yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's weird it's a weird thing it's, it's I very do, strange I think uh, one of the things that um, that I think you know is interesting about your piece is is can you tell people a little bit more about how how it here's my understanding of it okay mm-hmm. so people walk into this space that's all this beautiful light blue and mm-hmm. you've got all these eye you know uh, symbols hanging all over it yes and painted all right, over yeah. that are dimensional and I, yeah, and we not should flat. say something yeah. more tell people more about like how how somebody might wear that uh, as a necklace or something right. and the idea that the the eye is like a okay. thing that you know uh is stares back at evil. That's the idea, right? Yeah, right? it's kind of like this, like a mathematical equation where like the evil eye is called the evil eye, but it protects you from the evil eye. So it's like yeah. evil eye, evil eye cancels, you know, yeah. cancels each other out. But um, so when people walk into the space that's decorated with all these, the idea is that they're, they're in a space protected. where they're protected. Yeah. Yes, they are protected. Um, and yeah, more, and more is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like I need a lot of these things, Sam. <laughs> what the hell am I gonna do? And he's like, oh. Put them all over this room. I went to one. I went to one. There was only. Th- I went to this one room. There was only three. <laughs> yeah, that's not I enough. Was, I did it's not rough feel out safe. there, oh, yeah. Mr. Dunson. It is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Like my experience with the evil eye is very personal. Like it's something that's really still a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, in Kurdistan, you still. Like last time I was there was in 2016, and um, I uh, I was staying at my sister's house, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the store, walk to the store down the street, and she's like, oh, okay, make sure you don't go down this yeah. way. I was like, why? She's like, cause the lady at the end of the street, her, like they're known for having giving off the evil eye, <laughs> and if you walk past their house, something bad might happen to you. She'll huh. like hex you, basically, yeah. right? She'll put a curse on mm-hmm. you. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it comes from just like greed or, you know, um, yeah. But, uh, and I was just like, oh, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. And I went the other way, <laughs> you know? Um, my mom would put like a little 
pendant, an evil eye pendant on me as a child before we'd walk, like, you know, go to like a wedding. Um, people put these evil eyes on their houses, you know, for protection in their car you know mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of traditions right that, a lot that, of traditions that accommodate for this kind of uh, a, a, a symbol that is of protection right yeah yeah or like you know catholics will have the uh saint christopher medal in their car to protect them when they're traveling but and the thing like is it doesn't UFC really fans have their affliction t-shirts yeah tap out yeah, but <laughs> thing is, <and> she's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, but in Islam, it's kind of like frowned upon, though. If you truly, uh -huh. like, if you truly believe that this yeah. symbol is protecting that's you, then that's blasphemous in some way. Yeah, that's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. That's a no-no. Are you Islamic? <sighs> Good question. Hard question. <laughs> <now. laughs> yeah. Somewhat. I like to pick and choose. You know, from uh -huh. different. I've been looking a lot into Zoroastrianism and, mm -hmm. um, you know, they have the good thoughts, good deeds, good uh -huh. words. And Zoroastrianism, that's, that's pretty much like, that's like basically something that informed like Judo Christianity because it was like one of the first religions that sort of divided the world up into like good and evil forces, mm -hmm. right? And like from there, like that's where, that's sort of where the beginnings of, of like Judeo-Christian thinking come mm -hmm. from. We put faces and names on everything, but right. but at first there was this idea Just, that there's the good forces and the, the evil forces yeah. in there and we are the, the battle between them. Right. Yeah, it's good thoughts, wild. good deeds, good words. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty. That's all I really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what you else? know, we have we have don't that's tread nice on me. Code. <laughs> yeah, don't no. don't tread on me. Don't tread on no taxation without representation. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that's the words I live by. No, I mean, I you know, I think that's it's it's so weird, right? Because I mean, the the American experiment is so young, and 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 even the most sort of late later forms of Christianity ultimately are very young in the perspective of the things that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like as much as it's good, bad, ugly, and all the things in between, it's sort of like uh, you're, we're sort of dealing with unwieldy toddler behavior, I think, in all of these things because mm -hmm. it's, it's still... Yeah, uh, very, very. In a larger perspective, quite, quite young. So people haven't. Mm -hmm. There's more iterations of of thinking and experience yeah. that need to happen on top of all this for things to, I think, naturally sort yeah. of correct. And I think mm -hmm. that perhaps when this culture is, if it survives, is, yeah. if it makes it right to that that kind of a time frame, then I think that there's a, a very good likelihood that things are steering towards a. a a more unified and sure. tolerant and natively just sort of uh, understanding kind of a uh, mm -hmm. uh, sentimentality about everything and right. just sort of an appreciation and it doesn't you know right now it's like everybody's like super insecure like if you subscribe if somebody else subscribes to something it threatens what you subscribe yeah, to and that's a yeah. that's a strange right like I was just yeah. on, a, on a core psychological level that's a strange uh, tendency I I think to have I mean I think there's a lot of people that are just uh, just uh, like I said afraid of what they don't understand or what they don't know but I think that over time that'll sort out right or I hope it does I hope so too yeah right yeah. Um, so, so we keep losing the thread, and I keep bringing it back. And yeah, it's yeah. fine to lose the thread all we all we want. And I also we've got a whole box of lost know, threads over I here. I need to understand, like, when somebody goes to your space, like you've been putting videos on your Instagram mm -hmm. um, and on Twitter, and where you're you're showing like interviews with people. Mm -hmm. Is that part of the? I mean, is that are you going to be interviewing people at the thing? Or no, so no. This is just people are just invited to like visit the the space and feel the protection and. Right. Sort of think about what that all means to them. Yeah, and I just wanted to, you know, a lot of it just was me wanting to create 
the space for mm. people for us to have these discussions let's have a talk about what protection is mm-hmm. let's have a talk about peace um and i just think it's you know really really important mm-hmm. to just talk let's talk about it you know not only that i want to do like the summer like a series of different events in there where you know um we're talking about various topics and stuff so that's just part of it you know mm-hmm. and it's really interesting because i've like i've been interviewing a lot of different people um from different places and everyone has a different interpretation of protection mm. and peace um and uh yeah so i'm i'm really interested in seeing you know how people answer those questions um yeah. well pe- people people uh, seem to respond in a way where it's you really get a sense of who the who people are because mm-hmm. they, they respond either initially in a way that's more about policy or the notion of uh you know fairness or justice or right. you know things that are uh legislative perhaps or something yeah. right and they go right to that versus another might just go right to um sort of like a, a more womb-like set of considerations of uh-huh. just fundamental nurturing and mm-hmm. uh a feeling right yeah. so i think it's interesting that you're creating a space that can spawn these reactions out of right. something that's c- kind of primal and 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 mm-hmm. quite like sort of simple but it's also not simple because it means it, it, the translation is what makes it sort of complex so that if you're able to sort of I, I think here's what I think is interesting what you're doing whether you may not think about it this way but it seems to me like what's happening is what you're doing is sort of a, a meta sort of uh, refraction of what the function is of the evil eye itself mm-hmm. by putting people into that position of projection mm-hmm. and then that can be perceived by others and then by, merely by observing other people having that dialogue with themselves or with you for the you know film or for whatever various things mm-hmm. that that um refractory kind of uh uh experience lends them a greater feeling of the very essence of things that you're talking about does that make any sense maybe not yeah so like it's, it's directional <laughs> it's directional you know mm-hmm. like you know the 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 evil eye right like right so if you imagine the person sitting in a stool mm-hmm. enveloped in all of this mm-hmm. and they're speaking to what the notion is of peace and protection is mm-hmm. to them they are then in this position of emanating right right that Pro- and that itself what, is a comfort yeah. or is a protection in itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah well yeah. said brian God, man. <laughs> Thanks for letting me practice explaining that the first time. Oh, man. Um, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. I had a, I had like a kindergartner in there and I asked the kindergartner. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I just posted it like uh-uh. a couple hours ago. I've just seen um, uh, um, Can we play it? Yeah. It's adorable. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything like oh, cool. high tech yeah. here. I'm just going to, uh, because I really is like, I, I want people to have a, a quick understanding of you saw. Uh, of what this is i see everything uh so the all-seeing eye don't you worry about that the eye of sauron i have yeah there's a lot of eyes like there's there a bunch of different ref- different references the eyes wait and protect and it means being helpful mm-hmm. and it means it means being um Helpful. <laughs> and protection means um, like something that protects you, like a, a rain jacket mm-hmm. and, a sh- and shoes and 
uh, and a, and a, like, some, something that you do in a tornado. Mm-hmm. So you get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just simplified it, you know? This is what protection is to a kindergartner mm-hmm. in the United States of America. We asked a kindergartner and like the weather. You gotta have a rain gun, you have your shoes on. What if a tornado is coming? This is clearly a Nashville child, right? Shout out to Wace. But yeah. That is fantastic. Hey, so um, while we're on the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, and I was going to say, like, so far with the people that I've had in there, like, I've had, um, like, you know, I've been working there for a year, working in there for a year, and, like, um, some professors have brought their, like, art appreciation students in there and stuff huh. like that. And, you know, a lot of the reactions I've been getting, it's just like, yo, like, I'm uncomfortable. There's so many eyes staring at me right now, mm-hmm. you know? Some people feel uncomfortable. Um, they feel like they're being watched. How, um, how big is the the inst- the room it's installed in? I mean, how what's kind of space we're talking about? <sighs> Just an estimate. I don't have a measurement. Isn't that crazy? Pretty big. Don't worry that. Oh, it's not that big. Like, okay. like how, we fit how, like, like we fit like. How about like this? As big as like this little studio that we're in. It's a little smaller than that. It's a little smaller than this. Yeah, okay. Like half. Okay. So kind of small. Or a little less yeah. than half. How big is half of this? Uh, I think this is like twenty by thirty-five or something. So like. 10, 10 by 15, 15. Yeah. yeah yeah okay cool yeah it's kind of like so it's pretty intimate for it is hundreds of eyes right <laughs> so, so are you having the chance to interact with them when they're feeling this way to sort of interrogate that a little bit or understand it more no, no you're just kind of getting no, do you have something like, you're nervous about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but the color blue doesn't really you know like i was thinking if i was dealing with any other color it would have you know, I would have gone crazy, you know, yeah. being in this small space yeah. and doing this over and over That's again. Good point. But the fact that it was blue, like it was really, really soothing. Like I mm. think, you know, pretty much everyone that's been in there is just like this is really peaceful so mm. well you're about to be uh, an mfa student at ut knoxville so now you're gonna have to do one this orange <laughs> oh, oh man yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that isn't that tough um, Rocket time. <laughs> it's strange. I've, I don't know why. I've just I've been in the Nashville area for more or less like twenty years, and I've not spent any time in Knoxville. Uh, I would love to go for big years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah that looks. Fun. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there a few times to cover their galleries and stuff. There was a couple times when I think number or burn away one of the journals was interested in some coverage and there there just wasn't somebody there that they were working with at the time or something and it was like hey if we give you some extra dough will you go to knoxville and like road trip. check out a bunch of stuff and yeah. write it up for us so yeah. yeah so that's been and it's knoxville's close enough to nashville for anybody who doesn't know it's it's three hours really it's a day trip you yeah. know what i mean yeah. just memphis is so then chattanooga is i mean there's a lot of places yeah. Nashville's work right in the middle, so it's easy mm-hmm. to get to all these different places. So, um, speaking of uh, Nashville, and you know, obviously, you, know, you can't be in Nashville and not talk a lot about sort of what is changing here, right? Uh, you're, yeah. you know, everybody's absorbing this all the time, and it comes up in various ways, of course, on this podcast and just about everywhere else. Um, but I want to go ahead and hit you with a, a question that was left by a listener uh, that speaks to the new Nashville, as they call it, and mm-hmm. wanted your thoughts on something. Okay. And uh, as long as your answer is perfect, then we're fine. <laughs> Hello. I hope everyone's having a good day. Uh, long-time listener, 
first time caller, John Sewell here. Oh. Um, I was just um, wanting to give a ring and ask uh, for some um, guidance on how to navigate the new Nashville art landscape, uh, particu particularly in regards to uh, how to deal with developers and how to inject more public art into their development. And, wait, hold on. Can you hear me? I'm, I'm right next to a... <laughs> all right, he goes on this long tangent where he's, he's sort of uh, thematically distracted by all of the things going on. Right. All of the, yeah, all yeah, of the, yeah. all of the development going on or whatever. But you get you get the idea. I mean, and I know we all probably have something to say on this one, but I was just curious what your perspective was. On the new Nash... New Nash... New Nashville. No. I think what he was asking specifically is sort of like how... What strategies or tactics or motivations or what what's going to happen to get developers to be more inclusive of yeah, the community yeah. or if yeah through <laughs> art i suppose right mm. yeah hmm i don't know do we need to go on strike on one of their like <laughs> properties maybe maybe we need to go on strike and like like hey you're not building this we're not leaving we're not leaving until you give us a let oh. us do a mural on the side of I want to do a, a 16 story <laughs> evil eye yes oh. that'd actually be badass that'd be really cool yeah it'd be stupid I mean it'd be, I yeah. mean in the good way yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no that would be I think there's you know there's things don't have to be large scale right yeah yeah people talk about the idea that like art you know mostly accidentally mm -hmm. like you know like for instance in Nashville this is a story that's happened in many cities but in Nashville for instance back in like the late 90s early 2000s there was artists like sort of happening in this Wedgwood Houston area mm -hmm. where there was a lot of small industry and warehouse space and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And these artists moved into those areas and then by 10 years ago, the whole area exploded as right. a place with commercial galleries and mm -hmm. breweries and all this other kind but of stuff. But can artists afford living in these areas? Yeah, see, they, now, now the artists have to move on somewhere else. Right. And, and we can see anyone? this yeah. over yeah. and over again where like art communities sort of find a cheap place to do their thing in right. and then everybody up. thinks it's really cool right. and then next thing you know it turns into a development boom. Right. And then, and but on some level it's like we have to ask like What's the responsibility of art? Like, if if every if everywhere the arts go, yeah. they do this to a place, right? What like what to what degree do we have to blame art? You know. Yeah. And then on the back end, I think the thing that you know Brian and I have talked about this a lot. It's like you know if you're going to stay here and you mm -hmm. are an artist of some kind, it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, to me, it's like the the only logical thing to be doing is like trying to figure out some way to to harness it to get integrated yeah. with it right. and to let it help it let you do your thing you right. know what i mean yeah yeah and it seems like you know there's also Take those opportunities yeah in some ways and i think i think uh you know like like for instance i know you know uh I know artists like you're saying like artists who you know uh, development went up and then this person got a commission to do a mural yeah. you know what I mean and yeah. you know until somebody built that wall nobody could paint it and right. now it's a little bit of you know they get the cool mural and yeah. the artist gets a check you right. know what I mean um, and you know and they're the guy who did the mural the mm -hmm. lady who did the mural you know yeah. so I think there's ways that it can be you know that the arts can sort of flourish next to these things mm -hmm. um and i wish that there was more people like that caller john sewell he owns a building in in the wedgwood houston neighborhood that i'm talking about mm -hmm. called the packing plant and he's got 
a bunch of art galleries in there. He's got a landscape designer in there. WXNA, the radio station's about to move in there, the community radio station. So it's a super awesome hive. But in the meantime, it's really a space that he curated to be that way right. and a space that he knowingly is taking a hit on what he could actually be renting it for. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like you can't, I mean, he's one of the only people I know who's actually doing that because right. there's lots of people will pledge that like, oh, we're going to open up this space and the idea will be that, you know, this lawyer's office mm-hmm. will pay this much money but then this space where there'll be an artist studio mm-hmm. will be subsidized essentially. Right. But generally speaking, those arrangements don't seem to last very long in yeah. Nashville. Very quickly, mm-hmm. the owner who has the right to do whatever the fuck they want, they right. just say, nah, that's going to be a restaurant now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a, um, I know this is more municipal minded, but is there a public art fund yeah, there is. And actually Nashville's got a pretty good one. There's a percentage of all the yeah. like build it, all the development in the city. Yeah. If the city's going to make a space or yeah. do a remodeling or something, uh, per, like I think I want to say it's 1%, but it might even be more than that. Yeah. Has to go to public art funding. So we've got we actually Nashville like, for, like in general or for the actual developments. I guess is the part I'm trying no, to tie into. I think it's more into. in general. I see cuz yeah. like I remember when I was in Seattle in the 90s and mm-hmm. and like you would just look at uh really mundane things like manhole covers and they were beautiful yeah and it's because they had commissioned artists to they do those in japan too, where they have these beautiful designs on their manhole covers and like Mm. certain regions will have certain designs and stuff if they're gorgeous i wish i want i think that i've had my ideas about fancy manhole covers (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and i suppose for your experience i mean you're, you're you're you've been in the tsu sort of uh like leveraging all of the, that those resources right. and you're doing your time there making making all the, those things happen so it's not like you've been sort of on the open market uh in a broader sense you know in, in the way that perhaps maybe john is kind of talking about is that maybe fair to say just because you're not you're not you're not trying to wield yourself all over the city right now right. because right. you kind of have like a, a a tribe and a home and a and a place to do kind yeah, of whatever and you a want degree mm-hmm. to earn. yeah yeah that's true yeah that's true um yeah, work, and I, work I mean, for. yeah, TSU's <laughs> been like my playground for the past couple of years. Like, yeah. I've just been, awesome. you know, um, tagging all over the place. No, I'm like, I haven't been tagging. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, we we talked to a lot of people that do. So, well, let me throw you another question that's similar, but it it, it was definitely I think in the neighborhood of uh, your wheelhouse. So let's okay. just see what's up. Hey, our fight podcast. <laughs> Got that I That's good. have a question <laughs> for everybody. What are your thoughts on the future of the Nashville art scene <laughs> as a whole on the topic of diversity and inclusion? And what do you see galleries doing to reach out to diverse communities? of artists who maybe are not plugged into the mainstream community here in Nashville. What are galleries and what can galleries do in order to seek out these diverse artists from different nationalities, different backgrounds, different Okay, so we basically got it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what do you think about that? Oh man, 
Oh, do you guys think Nashville? But hey, art make scene? yourself at home. Yeah, I'm comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's hot too. <laughs> we don't have any AC here today, so we're all a little bit wilty. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're the first. Um, you're the first guest ever had to just laid down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna lay down here, yo. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Do you guys think Nashville's art scene is diverse? And when he says diverse, like, you know, what are they? Are there a lot of women? You know, diverse is a yeah. very, you know. It's a weird, yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of layers so to it. So it's like, is And what it is just, the art scene exactly? Right. You know what I mean? Right. There's that question. So too. without necessarily, like, let's just yeah. maybe pick a spot, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Like maybe I think that he's talking about, let's just say it's more about maybe religions and uh, belief systems and ethnicities and uh, origins or, or various uh, sort of, you know, people from other mm. cultures. Yeah, not really. I think I think um I think Nashville I think the art scene on the whole is diverse. Okay. But I also think that there is a certain amount of segregation within the art scene. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, like like Are you saying like uh, it's tiered or something or in a way, maybe it's tiered, but I'm just what I'm getting at is like why is there a Germantown art crawl and a Jefferson mm. Street art crawl? Uh, okay. okay. Those are both North Nashville are art the, crawls. Are they on the so, same day? No, they're on different days. Okay. So I feel like why why you know, it's almost like you've got a new Nashville art crawl happening at the Germantown art crawl. Mm -hmm. And I then you have an old school North Nashville art crawl happening oh, yeah. in the old school part of town right. where we have like things like Fisk and T S U and Street. the best the best art collection in the city mm -hmm. at, at Fisk, right? So I I think, you know, so you can't so North Nashville has absolutely as much as any other place in the city has like an identity as an art place right you know and at the same time uh you know how much is that community like a part of the other communities in the right. city you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. in terms of the stuff i think here's one thing i would say just in general i feel like this is a subject that as long as i've worked in galleries and and museums 20 for 20 years yeah i've heard people talking about these subjects yeah and for 20 years i've mostly seen people not do anything productive around right. it they just talk about it they a just lot. talk about it but i do think in terms of individual artists right and or smaller sort of entities uh -huh. i see them making much more progress yes. with these things yes you know what i mean and I, yeah i would like to add on to that is just like i mean why why wait around or get or like feel discouraged when they don't seek you out you know what i mean you're an artist you're going to remain an artist whether or not a gallery f's with you or not like it's mm -hmm. just you know and i think that the more like ah, man like just the energy and like you do your work and you're pure-hearted and you you know you, you're genuine and you really you know are passionate about what you do everything else will just fall into place. I mean, really, like, I don't think, um, I don't know, stressing about that isn't something that I personally like to do. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm just, I'm a maker. I like to make and, you know, and I'm putting things out there and, you know, it attracts whoever it attracts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sometimes it gets frustrating. You know, you go to these galleries and you're just kind of like, oh, great, this, landscape again like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no I, I, I do I, I like that school of thought that's probably but, more what I'm about is like how about this instead of like trying to teach people 
not teach people instead of trying to demonstrably or through some credibility exercise work your way in through some initiative or some you know feigned new consciousness about Mm -hmm. whatever how about just uh make all of those galleries go fuck themselves like make them make them make them irrelevant <laughs> mm-hmm. by working up everything like creating such a uh, an undertow in and around them mm-hmm. that they just become evidently useless mm-hmm. yeah. you know and and um you know that's how i feel about a lot of things uh, <laughs> yeah. uh it's just i'm still you know in this well, kind of like yeah like how about just fuck you you know right. like like i don't want to play your game yeah well, and i feel like i mean i appreciate you're saying this you know because i really do think i mean i yeah i appreciate you that you're like threw the question back at us too but but i really do feel like you know i say this a lot it's like you know if somebody starts talking about like if somebody's going to talk about some race issue or something like that, it's like, I would like to hear from someone from that race right. and let them tell me what they think. Or yeah. if somebody's talking about feminism or something, it's like, I would prefer right. to hear a woman tell me what she thinks about feminism right. than a man or something, you know? So I feel like you as a Kurdish woman in Nashville, yeah. and, yeah, and a weird story too, being yeah. the fact that you're more native to Nashville than yeah. almost anybody I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't know a whole lot of people who yeah. were born here, you yeah. know? Well, you're like the uh, remix. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I <laughs> really appreciate the sort of the positivity that that approach that you're talking about has where it's like you're you're sort of looking right past any kind of victimhood that you might claim and you're just saying nah fuck y'all you're not you don't determine whether i succeed or fail you don't determine whether my art's valid or not you know and it's important for people to remember that that ultimately for the fucking art world is fickle fucked up unfair stupid area you know really what I mean is. and if it can help you with your art in some ways that's great yeah. but if it can't that you gotta do something else exactly. you know I mean not 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 not, no, not, like not do art, art but. yeah you got but you have to get you have to you can't let the art scene or the commercial right. scene or any of that stuff hold you back or yes. stop you from because I yeah. know a lot of like artists who just stop making because they're you know they get tired of um stacking up art in their Mm -hmm. um house or whatever but it's just like i mean there's the same way like some artists will get upset about how like nashville galleries will get uh, artists outside of nashville Mm -hmm. well you need to be that artist that other cities like yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah, like why do you want to stay in nashville no let's like branch out let's go yeah you know not to mention that like you know because uh you know i work a lot with the nashville walls project and that was one of the contentions they had about bringing in this australian artist right uh they were like why wouldn't we get somebody local and it's like you you don't understand i'm giving you the gift of international artist connectedness Mm -hmm. and local artists are working hand in hand with this artist Mm -hmm. to create this thing and then this thing will work all those different ways you can make them cooperative you can make you know but like why would you you know does nashville want to be just a a grand self-portrait of itself or right. do you want to be an international yes uh you know um m- m- more destination broad, of this kind yeah like more of a broad broad perspective right like yeah. or do you just want to be like we're nashville and that's it yeah yeah no you've you make you've made good points about the walls project and how it's like yeah they've done at, i mean it's it's sort of like i've felt like when we've gotten like a certain amount of criticism or any project you're doing it's like when you start off on it and it's like and then people are just like well how come you didn't do it this way and it's like because mm-hmm. we have only done it twice so far can you give us a second <laughs> we're trying to like i've got a whole plan here but it's gonna take a minute to roll it out you know oh, what i mean failing just give me a minute yeah, yeah 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 and i really think that in a way the walls project has done a great job of of you know 
launching itself and making an impact and making a splash, but at the same time, very much turning around and fostering local artists and art. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to mix it up. Hey, so I got one more thing for you, uh, okay. and I think that um, you're gonna make it. <laughs> I don't fall listen, asleep. Listen, our, our, so our, listener, our listeners want to know. Okay. Okay. Now we told them that you were coming, okay. and then they 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 left these voicemails for us to to give it straight to your ears. Okay. And they are looking to you uh-huh. for absolute guidance. All right. Or clarification. Okay. In this case. What's up? Are you ready? You make me nervous. Good. Hey, my name's Leroy Dust. I'm Russ Dust's cousin. <laughs> Y'all might know us from Trail Park. And anyhow, I'm out here cutting grass right now, and I thought about your guest tonight, and I want to know what in the world does Asty mean? Oh. <laughs> I've heard the word around, and I'm not sure, but if y'all could tell us what the word Asty means, is that, is, did my saying it right? But uh, I, I gotta go now. My cousin's coming out, and he's ready. Got a six pack beer for us. All right, thank you. <laughs> oh, I love you. Um, that's a good question. Ashti means peace in Kurdish. Mm. Yep. Ashti means peace. Um, I uh, created this like line of t-shirts that I screen print or sometimes get screen printed for me um, that have the Ashti writing in Kurdish with the sun that you can find on the center of the Kurdistan flag. I want one of these, by yeah, the way. Yeah, me too. Do yeah. you have a men's large? Uh, I'm kind of, I gotta restock soon, but I'll, Men's yeah. medium? It depends on which one you want. You know, my inventory yeah. has grown. Well, how about this? Like, you just, you you know us now. So, okay. you just be like, this is the one for Brian. This is the one. Okay. this is the one for Joe. And like, you bestow them upon us. We don't have choices. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I got you. But I want one. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And like, it kind of became this like social experiment too where like i've had people wear them like at the gym in concord on at the y and like they get weird stares like what is that arabic looking terrorist writing on there you know and it's like no it says peace you know relax what's that terrorist looking writing (laughs) that's what the looks you get sometimes wearing this is where we are but then it's like you know you have clothing that has like japanese on it and you know it's just weird um, it's like the yeah. thing we're in the south, like, just like yeah. Japanese people getting uh, English that they don't understand tattooed on their body just because they like the way it looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. This just but, means um, fast food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about um, uh, if 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 I'm I'm you know people who who might know this if you go down to Nolensville Pike in Nashville mm-hmm. you'll actually see a, a lot of shops and stuff that have that kind of uh, writing on that, it yeah that writing because yeah. it's you know grocery stores and all uh-huh. this kind of stuff what are your what I are like that. what are like like there's there's a place tell me how you say the word again Noruz Noruz yes. and there's a place called the Noruz Market yes. right and that, I did you a did, photo shoot yeah there. I saw that you d- had done that and that place has an amazing olive bar mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have a shawarma oh yeah uh, a shawarma bar they have a bakery in the back and, uh-huh. is this um, the place that has no name on the outside that's got the brick oven in the s- inside like a brick kind of weird 
It's like Elysian Fields. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's that whole shopping. Yeah. Like the but there's plaza. Like several places all there's batched up there. There's a bakery. Them. There's a. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's like some calligraphy, like signs, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I suppose um, you might be able to read them. To me, I'm yeah. like, this doesn't have a sign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't um, read it. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Yeah, place, it's this little Kurdistan. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Are there any, is there any like straight up like sit down restaurants that I can go to and to get Kurdish food in Nashville? Um, well, House of Kebabs is one of my favorites. Right. And that's on Nolensville too. It's, no, it's on Thompson oh, Lane. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, House of Kebabs is on Thompson Lane. It's Kurdish owned. Oh, um, I right. Yeah, over been, kind of uh, kind of by the movie theater-ish. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know the yeah, place you're talking about. Yeah, Thompson Lane. Yeah. Um, you know, it. they call it a Persian restaurant but i mean it's, it's very similar okay. like it's the same yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah. food it's really really good mm-hmm. um that's my go-to place um but yeah noto's market that whole place is awesome it's magical to me because mm-hmm. it's just like feels like home it mm-hmm. really does you that's know cool. um yeah my nieces just recently moved back from kurdistan mm-hmm. and um How she's, old are they? so there's one that's 10 uh-huh and then, oh, if I mess this up, she's going to hate me forever. <laughs> but anyways, the other one's like five, okay? Uh-huh. And my sister took them. I'm four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my sister took them to the store the other day. They've been back for like five months now. Uh-huh. Um, but she took them to like Noda's Market. Or maybe it was Sulab Market. I don't know. One of the markets. And um, she, like she, my sister was saying like they were just like, like freaking, freaking out. out. Like yeah. they have like some noodles that they don't, you know, that yeah, like, you can't get them at Kroger. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like they're called Indumis. Um, and they were just that's like cool. freaking out. And I was like, oh, did they have like little snacks and stuff that they had had back, back mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of specialty grocery. What was the other place you mentioned besides noodles? What's the noodles, other one? There's Sulav Market. And where's that at? That's also down Nolansville. Okay. If you pass. Where is it? Is it like across? It's kind of close to that CVS. That's what um, makes my. That's Haywood what I think Lane. makes like that that whole neighborhood in South Nashville along Nolensville Pike. There's so many different like yeah. varieties of neighborhoods and stuff that mm-hmm. way. And then the whole Pike is just reflected like in food, and it's trucks. it's the place to eat it in is. Nashville, as far as I'm concerned. When I'm on this side of town, I'm just like I don't where know where to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't want. <laughs> I just want to go to the one road where everything yeah. awesome is. I like is. the area yeah. over here that I, I like, like is. Sushi train, I like sushi train. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I had that and today. Uh, there's also that, <laughs> that area on like Charlotte where you might know like where Miss Saigon is mm-hmm. and Vienfa. Mm-hmm. There's like three. Oh, yeah, that's really yeah, good. Yeah, so there's like three really good. Bad uh, Moses is Kurdish owned. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Like that. What about that Roma Pizza? Do you know who owns that? That's like no. a Mediterranean thing too. Yeah. Uh, but their pizza is really good. I like, I mean, it's basically like, you know, like uh john like papa john level but Mm -hmm. it's local and it's better than that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so well this is what happens uh when we have uh the podcast at this time is we inevitably end up talking about food (laughs) because everybody's actually hungry so let's just get out of here but i wanted to uh first of all thank you a a million times over this is so great to a million times yeah it's uh (laughs) as many eyes as you've made in one room i would like to thank you that many times thank you so much for having me (laughs) and uh please tell people you have several things going on so please tell people all your handles and all your spots yeah um follow me at nuveen barwari on instagram i'm pretty active on there i think i'm v-e-e-n-b-a-r-w-a-r-i wow he nailed it yes and i'm on twitter same name um yeah but i'm pretty active on instagram got the opening of the blue room april 18th and that's at at tsu TSU, okay at tennessee state university 
What um, building is it in? It's Elliot Hall. Elliot Hall, okay. Yes. And, the, and you, when people get there, they, they'll see little eyes. They'll yes, lead them down to the exhibition. To, so cool. Yes. And, and so and, uh, anybody that's following you, you'll be able to sort of yeah, relay will, all this information yeah, and pretty yeah, easy. And, definitely. And, and you also have a website. Yes. FooFooCreations.com. FooFooCreations. F-U-F-U. F-U. <laughs> FooCreations.com. Yeah. That's that's poetic. <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. And uh, quickly to wrap up, uh, Joe, do you have anything that you'd like to, you know, plug? Um, not really. I've got the uh, Art Fields exhibition in South Carolina coming up at the end of this month, and we're actually going to have uh, Thomas Sturgill, who teaches at MTSU, and he's a, uh, I would call him a sculptor, multimedia artist here in uh, Nashville. He's going to be in that exhibition too, and he'll join us. Uh, in like a couple of weeks cool um, but uh, that, right now I guess that's about I don't really have anything else I want to talk about cool yeah <laughs> I'm kind of in the same spot uh, hey so thanks everybody for listening uh, we appreciate all the listeners and the calls and all the all the love and uh, just a reminder that if you want to support the podcast you can just go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast and there'll be a button there where it says we will take your money and you can give us you can give us ninety nine cents a month, uh, and it will never be noticed by you, and it will help us greatly. So just consider it. Um, and uh, other than that, we've got a man. We got a killer of season five already, like getting booked up right now. I'm super yeah. excited about it. Uh, so everybody, uh, get ready. But anyway, all right. Peace. Peace. Take care. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone